and welcome to episode 118 of the Massive Attack podcast. I am your host, Mitch, and with me as always is Joe. Hello, Joe. Hello, Mitch. How are you? I am good. And this is the 2021 A to Z episodes, and we are up to the episode E. And this week, we are mostly talking about Ewoks. That's right, those little murder bears from the Star Wars films. Yes, those cute, cuddly little things that don't blink. Yes, so Ewoks, people know Ewoks, or should know Ewoks, of our vintage anyway, because Return of the Jedi was a pretty big film. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes. So the third in the Star Wars original trilogy was Return of the Jedi, and on the forest moon of Endor was a bunch of little fairy critters called Ewoks, which were toy-selling machines. Before Grogu, they were the cute thing that sold, and I definitely bought in. I was a fan. I can remember watching Return of the Jedi and not really liking the Ewoks, but then... Yeah, I got sucked into the toy buying. The fact that you could buy probably half a dozen, I think, different Ewoks in the Star Wars figure line. Plus they had... I think by the end of it, yes. And then they had all the cool stuff, like the hang glider. And I never had the village because I couldn't afford that when I was a kid. But the village was fucking awesome. But yeah, they were they were just a, a license to print money, like nearly all Star Wars figures, really. But I think originally when Return of the Jedi was being planned, they wanted to make it on Kashyyyk, didn't they, with the, all the Wookiees? But then yes. they thought, but they thought that Ewoks would be a little bit more palatable for children and sellable. Yes, hmm. and they were right. I mean, looking back now as a nearly fifty-year-old man, yeah, give me Wookiees, please. <laughs> you know, I want to see Wookiees kick ass. And we got to see that in in the prequel trilogy, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it was there, and I mean, it, it did what it had to do, and I think it succeeded because you look at the Star Wars films; they are essentially kids' films. Hmm. Definitely. They were a license to make toys or they were a license to sell licenses to make. So they work because I remember getting the trading cards back in the day for the Return of the Jedi. Yep. And there was one with baby Ewoks sitting in like a nest. Yes. And they were so freaking cute. And I think I looked yes. at that before I, I even saw the movie. Yeah, I had the cards before I saw the movie because yeah. I remember there was one of Princess Leia sitting on a, a log sort of handing something to an Ewok. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that's all about. Not just any old Ewok. Wicked. No, it was, it was Wicked, exactly. It's played by Warwick Davies. Hmm. Mm. Who was Willow. And he was Willow. Other things. All right, so so that's where the Ewoks came from. They're fairy little creatures on the forest moon of Endor. You know, they're rudimentary. They have spears and rocks and slingshots and very rudimentary built hang gliders and things like that, cool. catapults. Yep. You know, they're, they're, they're warriors, obviously, but cute. And they took down a bunch hmm. of stormtroopers because violent little critters. Not just stormtroopers. They managed to take down, like... ATSD walkers and a bunch of other that stuff as well because of their forest traps and stuff. Yeah, and I actually I now we got Disney Plus. I was putting something on just on the telly one day just to for the hell of it, just to put something on the background because I don't like silence. And I put on the Swiss Family Robinson, the old sixties, maybe fifties, sixties Disney film. Yep. You, have yep. you seen it? Not for a very long time. Yeah, I saw it ages ago. And there's something in it that I always remembered was pirates were coming to the shipwreck and they were going to pillage them. And it's like, oh, shit, we've got nothing to fight against these pirates. And then the dad put up a flag upside down and they sailed away. Sail away, sail away. Sail. No. And it's like, what's that? And he goes, oh, it's a symbol of the bubonic plague. 
so they're not coming near us. It's like, oh. And that always stuck with me. So I put this movie on just to put on the background one day and just see if the kids, because I'm trying to get my kids to get into old movies just to sort of appreciate them, but just put them on sort of os- through osmosis, just sort of get an appreciation for cinema as opposed to let's watch um, Peppa Pig again. Yep. And then I was just reading up on it while I was watching it. They got into it a little bit. And pirates did, in fact, come later on. So you've got this family that have set themselves up on this island. You know, they've made the most amazing treehouse. Life's pretty good. They're living their best life on an island as good as they can. And then these yep. pirates come to attack. And what they do is using their smarts and setting this and knowing the terrain and setting himself up, these five people end up taking out all these pirates, Gilligan's Islanding their way through, you know, using what they can, <laughs> what they've got, and being quite good. And reading the trivia... It's one of the inspirations for George Lucas for Return of the Jedi scene. Yeah. I did not know that, but it makes sense when you look at it going, of course it is. That's exactly what it is. So, yeah, a bit of a link back and then Disney buys Star Wars. Anyway, so that was the Ewoks and that was the end of the Star Wars trilogy. (laughs) So, excellent. We're done. Beautiful. There's no Star Wars anymore. George wasn't going to make any more. That's all well and good. He goes off and makes Willow and all those sort of things. And that's great. But is it? Hmm. It is great. But I think George is probably sitting there wanting a few more dollars in his wallet. And he had the, as you say, the license to print money there. So in 1984, they made a little telly movie, which was originally called The Ewok Adventure. But then it also got called Caravan Caravan Courage Courage. and Ewok Adventure. So... Originally in the US, it was made for television. However, it did get a movie release internationally. And I do remember seeing this on the cinema when I was young. I remember it being at the cinema. I didn't see it at the cinema. Was this one of the movies where if you got Cotty's Cordial, you got the two-for-one tickets? Was this one of those? It might have been. I remember The Boy Who Could Fly and catch or follow that bird. I remember those two were. I, I don't really remember. Oh, you don't remember that? I don't think I drank Cotty's Cordial when I was My dad picks the fruit <laughs> that goes to Cotty's to make the cordial that I like best. Yes, now we'll have to pay royalties to Cotty's for singing that jingle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back on topic, the Caravan of Courage came out. Everyone was like, yep, Ewoks are a big thing. Oh, Star Wars. Yeah. Exactly. But unfortunately, I don't think it hit the mark. It's not exactly a great film. Is that because it sucked? I, I wouldn't go as far as saying it sucked. But <laughs> no, it didn't definitely... suck, It wasn't Star Wars. That was the problem. All right. So the, the premise of Caravan of Courage is there's been a crash of a star cruiser, and we start off with a couple of parents that are going around looking for their children. And the children have kind of got away from the star cruiser and are a bit lost in the forest. So we have a boy and a girl. The boy's older. His name is Mace, and the girl's name is Sindel, I think it is. Sindel, yep. Mace looks remarkably like a young Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. and Sindel's kind of a blonde Princess Leia, almost. She yeah. hasn't got the hair up in the buns, but she's dressed quite similarly. In white. That's about it. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're cashing in on it. So, and I think they come from the planet Karnak for shit. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. <laughs> they are typical child actors. <laughs> anyway, they, they're lost in the forest. Parents are a bit worried. They can't find them. But somehow they stumble across the Ewoks. And is, is it Wicket that finds them first off? I'm not sure. But, um, I think so. One of the Ewoks finds it's, them. and Wicket's the entry it's... into this new world. You know, Wicket yes. is a crossover character between Return of the Jedi and this. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if any of the other Ewoks are the same costumes that... Well, 
yeah. same stuff that they used from the original Return of the Jedi. Definitely Wicket looks very similar to how he did in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, so that's why Davis reprising his role. Yeah. yeah. So at first, Mace is all sort of like, get away from my sister, you ugly creature sort of thing. And then they find out that they are friendly. And as it turns out, the Ewoks say they're going to help them get to where they need to go to find their family sort of thing. And it, I guess it's... It is an adventure film for kids. Yeah, they start at one point. Mace is very much, fuck you all, Ewoks, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't need help from you, you know, little forest creatures. And Sindel's all like, they're here to help us. Let them let them help us. Yeah. But as it goes on, we get a group of Ewoks, hence the caravan, and they all have their own little special Ewokness, and they get from where they were to where they need to be to find the parents. And yeah, that, that's really about it. There's a couple of dramatic fight scenes where they fight some weird creature called the Gorax. But other than that, there's not a lot going on in this movie. No, well, Star Wars is a space fantasy. I get that. Yes. It's not a science fiction film. It's a fantasy film because science fiction has got to be based in some sort of science to a point where Star Wars isn't that. It looks grounded enough, but with the things like the Force and that sort of stuff, it, it, it is. But it is. It looks and feels science fiction-y enough to work. Hmm. This is out and out Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, it's, apart from the family landing in a spaceship, everything else is fantasy tropes. Hmm. Like they go on a quest, a fellowship, you almost might call it, to find the parents. They meet this smart mage who gives them cryptic things to help them on their journey they have a magic dreidel that they spin and they can see the future or they see see what they need to see in another like where their parents are so it's all these fantasy tropes it's a fantasy film in classic krull or any of those other movies or willow even it would probably suit a willow film more than a star wars film just in everything that it is but yes it's a kid's fantasy film so the stakes aren't super high no, like it's for their parents and everything like that, but it, it, it's pretty horrific for a ch- like because there's a bit where uh, Mace looks in the water and for some reasons touches the water and gets trapped underneath. I mean that's horrific for her children. I thought that was actually one of the best bits of the movie. Mm. There's a giant spider that they got to fight, which you know totally we get totally murders that. Yeah, and you know all the things that this wide mage gave them, all these different spells and different things that got them on their journey that they needed at the right time. That's all well and good. So it it followed all those tropes. It was great. They saved them at the end of the day. It was pretty much the walking film. I did watch one YouTube clip reviewing it and he the person did not like it at all no and he goes yeah there's a lot of fight scenes for no reason because something has to happen in between all the fucking walking it's like yeah fair enough (laughs) um but he goes this is my favorite bit and there's two ewoks just fighting each other for minutes and he goes why because there's two ewoks fighting each other (laughs) it's like yeah fair enough it is it is a TV movie. Yeah. It's not Star Wars. And that's what hurt it. People wanted more Star Wars. It was only a year after Return of the Jedi. People wanted more. And this was a kid's film. Yes. And especially being in a cinema here, like in America, it was on TV. Yeah. So there was no question that it wasn't a Star Wars movie. But for us, for me as a, as a child, going, there's more Star Wars. Let's go to the movies to watch it. It's like, that's not Star Wars. <laughs> That's that's not what you're expecting. No. There's no Luke and Han. There's no space battles, no lasers, no nothing. No. But, yeah, but it was a TV budget with substandard TV acting yep. and not much of a plot. But there was some nice matte paintings. Yeah. Effects-wise, it was a lot of matte painting. There was some 
pretty good stop motion. Yeah, because it was stop motion, which is, I forget the other term they use. Go motion. The next step, the other one. Go motion mm. is the next step and a bit more expensive. So being a TV production, it was stop motion. So it, it looked like stop motion, but it's still some of it was really good and some of it was well directed. And the second unit director was Joe Johnson on this, mm. who went on to direct The Rocketeer and a little film called Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. it had some good... He, he, he was involved in the Star Wars movies as well as a art director, that sort of thing. So, you know, he you you could tell there was some some smart ideas going on yep. in the background. So that, that worked quite well. So, yeah, th- there are some nice elements in there, but it's quite annoying when you've got terrible actors... Terrible child actors. ...playing off against mute furry animals. There is nothing else. So you've got the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer guy talking over the top to give you a narration to Fur fill lives in the Lives is the name yeah. you're looking for. Yeah. The guy from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Hmm. Yes, Fur Lives. So it's, it's an interesting... Now, I hadn't seen this for a very long time, yeah. but... I always remember the whole bit where Wicket decides he can speak a couple of words of English and will learn the expression Star Cruiser Crash. And as soon as I started watching it, it it all just came flooding back to me from that time back in 1983 or 1984 when I saw this in the cinema. Just that bit with Wicket sort of doing his little arm waving and going, Star Cruiser Crash. Mm. Not that that's really the highlight of the film, but it's the bit I remembered most. (laughs) Well, this movie is like it's, it was canon and it was set before Return of the Jedi. Okay. Because they hadn't seen humans before. Yes. But obviously, obviously. They would have seen they would have seen the humans in the way of the Empire hmm. by of the Jedi, but then it was sort of retconned around, it was meant to be after, and essentially has been abolished from canon now anyway, yep. so it doesn't matter. All right, so yes. following on from that, the very next year in 1985, they decided to make another movie, which was Ewok's Battle for Endor. Now, I think yep. there's a couple of things wrong with that title. I don't really remember there being any battles in this movie. There's a couple of they fights, maybe. the Marauders, well, a battle. they could have called it Ewok's a Skirmish for Endor, because it's not really a battle. But the premise for this one is it's set, I think they say six months after the events of the first film. And we start off with the fact that there are marauders that have taken over Endor and are running amok on Endor. We don't really find out what's happened to Mace and their mum. But they are murdered in the first two minutes. But they're not, are they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe I wasn't watching this. Yeah. And the bad acting, the mum and the, the what's it, um, Sindel and her dad. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no emotion shown when they talk about it because the acting's that good. Yes. But no, mum and dad have died. Okay. Um, mum and, mum mum and, and brother have murdered. Yeah. And then not long after, the dad who's been recast as the principal from Breakfast Club. Yes, Paul Gleason. And as soon as he did it, I was expecting him to stick his fingers up and go, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. But no, unfortunately, he didn't. No, too too late because he got (laughs) shot and murdered. (laughs) So she's an orphan now. And all her family are dead. In yes. the first couple of minutes. Yep. Mm. So, and then these marauders take a bunch of um, the Ewoks captive as well. Yep. So it's 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 just wicked and her, yeah. Yep. And they go, we're going to go save our people. Now he can talk now, or not quite. Admittedly, I didn't watch it. No, he does say a few words, and I think purely for the fact that it was just Cinderella and Wicket for a lot of the early part of the movie, yep. they needed someone else to be speaking. Now mm. there is another human type character that they bring in, and that's like some evil sorceress that's 
hanging out with the Marauders. The Marauders have captured the power cell from the Star Cruiser, and he does almost a He-Man sort of thing with the head of the Marauders. He grabs the Star Cruiser's power cell and holds it above his head and goes, I have the power. And I was thinking, mm. that's a bit of gimmick infringement there. But Now, obviously, they, they can't work out how this power thing works, so they set out to try and find someone who can use the power. So in the meantime, Wicket and... Sindel are wandering around aimlessly and they find a little creature called Teak, I think his name is, who is obviously a hand puppet and he has some sort of magic power that makes him move fast. So he looks a bit like an opossum, I guess you would say, but he's very much a puppet with no emotion. So his face doesn't move, his hands sort of move a little bit and his teeth give you looking crazy critter. Yeah, so they meet him. He kind of sneaks them into a little hut in the middle of the forest where... And who's in the hut? Well, there's a dude called Noah, and he is played by... Wilfred Brimley! Mr. Diabetes! Interesting fact about this. When this movie was made, Wilfred Brimley was cast as being this crotchety old man, and he was actually 51 when he made this movie. (laughs) It's quite sad because I turned 50 this year, and looking at Wilfred Brimley here with his, like, you know, balding head and grey beard, and I'm thinking to myself, back in the 80s, 50 was old. Like, and I you've got the diabetes to too. I do. So I, I don't want to think that I'm going to be old like Wilfred Brimley, but who knows? Two years from now, it might all come crumbling down. Yes. But anyway, so Wilfred Brimley is this old sort of hobo that's living in the forest. He makes reference to the fact that he doesn't like children and animals, so Wicket and Sindel shouldn't come into his hut. But eventually the little creature sneaks out some food to them and he feels sorry for them. He softens up and he becomes friends and it's all well and good. Wicket tries to make a campfire and almost sets fire to the forest and then Noah comes out and yells at them and says, you know, you can't have a campfire. You've got to come inside where fire can be in a fireplace sort of thing. So in a way, that's how he brings them into his house. But um, yeah, it's not really in a nice way. But as it turns out, he talks about how he landed on the planet a while ago and he stayed there to make camp while his mate went off looking for something. I think it's the power cell again for the um, the Star Cruiser so they get off the planet. It's his crash ship, yeah. Yes. And Sindel and Noah start start to become friends and she starts having these nightmares about Ewoks getting kidnapped and people getting killed and stuff. Obviously, she's having post-traumatic stress disorder after watching her dad get killed. Yeah. But Noah sort of talks to her and calms her down and talks to her about her parents. And she sings a song that her mum used to sing to her when she was little. Not that she's really not that little now, but um, mm. her mum sings this song and, and they talk about it. And then the next morning, she can hear this song coming from the forest. So she goes out to the forest to find what it is. But really, it's this evil sorceress that's kind of disguised as a nice person and then unveils herself to be the bad guy and kidnaps Sindel and takes her back to a castle, which I never remember there being castles on Andor. No, there wasn't. And I think this is where they go off the track a little bit because they walk across these big plains to get to the castle, but you know, forest moon and all. But yeah. they get captured by the marauders. Noah decides that he should go all a bit first blood and arm himself up with his yeah. guns and his grappling hooks and stuff and him and Wicket and the funny little creature go and raid the castle to rescue Sindel. Yeah. And I guess this is where you get the idea that it's a battle for Endor because there is a couple of fight scenes as they're breaking into the castle. They fight. They do fight. He's He's got a gun, but he never shoots anyone. They do a couple of like weird tricky things with his grappling hook and throw a guard into the moat and stuff, but there's no battle. Mm. All up, it's just a bit lame, really, but They get into the castle, they rescue the girl, they try and escape, the baddies come after them, and then 
it's all a bit anticlimactic. The, the baddie grabs some sort of magic thing and turns to stone and then everyone lives happily ever after. And they, they fuck off. They do. They fix the cruiser and Mr. Diabetes and bad acting girl head on a ship and go. Hmm. And we never hear from them again. No. Apparently she does turn up in one of the extended universe books or something. She's a reporter on Coruscant yeah. or something, but yeah, that doesn't matter anymore. And I think they make reference to the Marauders in one of the Star Wars role-playing games, and they talk about the actual leader of the, the Marauders by name. So okay. I, I don't know if that's anything, but something else that's quite interesting, there's one scene where they're all trying to get away, and the Marauders are riding on these weird-looking creatures, and as it turns out, they've resurrected that thing to be what the Ugnaught rides in their first season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. So I think it's Blurgs or something they're called. Something like that, yeah. But I, again, I, I thought the effects in this were probably worse than they are in Caravan of Courage. There's a lot of stop motion in this, and it looks really cheesy stop motion. And when they do the animation for the little creature running at high speed, you can tell it's just they've gone to, they've sped it up sort of thing. But yeah. I, I don't know how they can go from having not bad animation to really shitty animation, but I guess maybe they didn't make as much money in that first movie as they hoped they would, and that's why the budget was less on the second one. So who knows? Probably. So that that's the end of Ewoks, yeah? You would hope so. Unfortunately, no, there is more. So not long after this, they made an Ewoks cartoon and they compared it with a droids cartoon. So it was very, um, it's going to sound funny, cartoony cartoons. Like the animation style was uh, not your Thundercat sort of anime inspired sort of hard edge Robotech sort of stuff. No, it was more in your Casper vein is what I would say. Yes. Yeah, sort of cutesy, kitty, cartoony. Sort of. Yeah, so it was a Star Wars hour of cartoons, or actually it was a half hour, and there was two segments each, a droids and Ewoks. And I vaguely remember the cartoon being on for a little while, and I watched it, but have no memory of it. So mm. obviously I never gave a shit. So I gave a shit as much as I gave a shit to the film. <laughs> so I thought, you know, for this, I'm going to go watch some cartoons and see what I think. It's like, okay. So I put on episode one. So me too. And I and I looked at the credits, and it's written by Paul Dini. It's like Paul Dini, awesome. He's written some really good Batman. He's written some really good comics. Really good comics. He invented Harley Quinn, the character Harley Quinn. Oh. So yeah, it's like this guy knows his stuff. He wrote a lot of stuff for the Batman animated series. This guy's good. This TV show isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even finish the first episode, I must admit. I got through it, but it was a struggle. Because we something we didn't talk about in the first movie. There were these sort of sprites or these fairies, fire fire fairies sort of things. Yeah. Um, and they seemed to have appeared in this cartoon. And they were captured by a creature of some sort. Set fire to the forest, used them to set fire to the forest, and they were blaming the kids for doing it. Because the cartoon, they all talked. Because obviously... It would be very hard to animate a cartoon of people not talking, yeah. except Quaqua. But, you know, it's a cartoon about Ewoks, Wicket and a bunch of other kids, Ewoks essentially, and then there's the older Chief Chirper and a bunch of others. Yep. So they go off and have adventures. This could have been any generic cartoon. Yeah, definitely. Like in Shirt Tales or Smurfs. It reminded me of Smurfs a lot. Yeah. Because I... they had their own little sayings. And I think the voice actress that did one of the Ewoks sounded very similar to the, the voice of Smurfette. I'm not sure if it was, okay, it, but it just sounded very similar. Yeah, it just felt like the Smurfs. So we're talking this, you know, 
medieval slash, you know, non-technology sort of village where they all live in harmony and have fun and then there's always a threat of some sort from outside and they have hijinks and shenanigans ensure. Yep. So it was just painful. I could not finish it, like I said. But I, I read up on the wiki and there was an episode later on where an Imperial spaceship lands and they have to fight against it. It's like, oh, wait, hang on. I'll check this one out. You know, I want to see something else. I don't want to see more woodland creatures and fantasy crap. Because yep. it felt very um, He-Man as well as far as cartoons go. Because you just got these weird-looking animated bad guys, yep. essentially. They're after something. And in this one, there was a magical fucking rock as well in this yep. that the bad guy was after. It's like, what's this rock? Yeah. So it's all right. So I watched this episode, and this is considered the last episode. It was the third last episode that aired, but now it's sort of been retconned as the final episode. What happens is there's a Star Destroyer, and on it's a bad guy, and I forget his name, but he's after this power source that the Ewoks have. Now, he knows about Ewoks. He mentioned them by name. They've got Ewoks. I need to get this, this power source, and I've got to give it to the Emperor. And it's all going to be great. So he ends up landing and he goes on a little ship, which is a bit like a Caribbean cruiser, but not. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's Star Warsy enough. And then he goes down, he lands, he takes them and he, and he steals what he needs. They've got TIE fighters and the sound effects are just there. You sort of hear him going, yeah, that's Star Warsy. I'm feeling some Star Wars. I like it. And then the kids, so when we, it's always the adventures of Wicket and his mates. Yeah. Like his brothers and sisters and friends. They end up being taken by this guy. And they go on a spaceship, um, the little cruiser, on the way back. And they're all being kept in a prison cell. And a robot's there trying to help them out. And all the other big robots are saying, don't help them out. You're useless. What are you doing? And it's this nice little robot. He's a bit R2-D2-E, but doesn't look like him. But he's got that three-wheel thing going on with sad eyes. And he ends up helping them escape. And they go, I'm here to help people. And I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. So they end up escaping through an escape pod. So then when they go down, they figure out how to fly it. That's all well and good. Then it's like, we need to get it back. We need to go and get this the rock back. So end up flying up and saving the day, going up. And the bad guy has this rock with this powerful thing. So he ends up, the emperor's on his way. And he goes, I'm going to give it to the emperor. And he goes, well, he's on his way now. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to see the emperor. This is kind of cool. So we've seen stormtroopers. We've seen TIE fighters. So it's very Star Wars-y. The bad guy himself looks very generic, not Star Wars. Yes. But there is an Imperial officer. So he looks Star Wars-y. And it's like, ooh, and the Emperor's on his way. And he goes, I've got the power now. I'm not going to show the Emperor. I'm going to destroy the Emperor and have all the power to myself. Mm-hmm. And that's when the, the, all the Ewoks sort of come in and fight him. And he, and then there's an Imperial shuttle's flying towards the, the Star Destroyer. And he goes to shoot them and they sort of nudge him and the gun moves a little bit out of the way and it misses and it just just wings the um, shuttle so it doesn't get destroyed. And he goes, oh, no, and he ends up catching him and they get their rock back and they use the escape pod and get back to Earth. And that's when the, the Imperial officer basically arrests him and said, you can explain yourself to the Emperor. Then the shuttle lands, the, the ramp comes down and they escort him onto the ship so you don't actually get to see the Emperor. And it's like, ah, so close, but he's going to get punished and most likely die. And they all fly back down. And then um, they ask the robot to stay and live with them. And he goes, no, I've got to go find my old master. That's cool. So he gets to the escape pod and fucks off. And that's mm. the end of the series. And that's a shame. last I think I need to see of the Ewoks cartoon. Yeah, the droids cartoon was definitely much better than the Was Ewoks it? Cartoon. Well, I've gone back and watched a few episodes oh, you have? of droids. Okay. And I, I think it holds up a bit better than the, the Ewok one does. Okay. I take it, your word for it. It's still very kiddie, but... Yep. 
it's probably less kiddie than, than this Ewok one. This Ewok cartoon really feels like it's aimed at you know, very young children. There was actually a series of Ewok comics that came out through Star Comics, which was an yep. imprint of Marvel back in 1985. It ran for about two years, I think, with probably a dozen issues. And yep. then that kind of got lost in the ether as well. Mm-hmm. But something we probably should have mentioned is the fact that they never actually mentioned the word Ewok in Return of the Jedi. But by the end of the movie, everyone knew what Ewoks were. But yet they never actually called them Ewoks by name in any of the films. Yes. Well, the word mafia is never mentioned in the movie Godfather 1 or the book. Isn't it? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Interesting fact. So you're comparing Ewoks to the mafia. Yeah. Yeah, they're very similar. But yeah, looking back... They don't hold up, but I can see at the time when there was no other Star Wars and us little teens were watching our Star Wars movies thinking, yes, I really want more Star Wars. It was probably great, but looking at it now, once we've had, you know, six more movies. And... We're nearly Wilfred Brimley age. It's not no, for us for some funny reason. About that. Who knew? Yeah. But yes, it was kind of nostalgic going back and watching it, but the quality of it's just not. Well, I showed them to my children about a year ago and they dug it. They didn't ask to see it again, but they were captivated enough to watch it at the time. There was no issues. They weren't complaining. So, yes, if you're three and five, perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. I know when we were rewatching the Star Wars yeah. trilogy, I did show my kids Caravan of Courage and they watched about half of it and then didn't go back. And then this time around, when I mentioned to my 10-year-old now that I was going to watch this for the podcast, he was like, well, maybe you should go watch that by yourself, Dad. I don't think I need to watch it. So, yeah. And then today I was watching one of the episodes of Cartoon on, on YouTube and my eldest son came in and took one look at it and went, why are you watching this rubbish? And just walked out of the room. So, yeah, I've been told, I think. Anyway, that's probably a nice place for us to wrap up our little story about Ewoks. Yep. So for any reason, if you did actually want to go back and watch these movies, they're no. not on any of the streaming services at the moment, despite the fact that Disney Plus has all of the other Star Wars stuff. But I did find them on a website online called freegreatmovies.com, and all of the episodes of the cartoon are actually on YouTube if you really wanted to go and dig them up there as well. But anyway, if you do have any feedback for us, you can find us on our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com. We are on Facebook as facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. And we are on Twitter as the MA Podcast. And just in case you didn't see our tweets last week, we are now on Spotify too. So you can listen to all of our episodes going right back to episode one on Spotify, which is quite exciting for us anyway. Well, and thank you very much for that, Mitch. It was a nice little bit of nostalgia going back and watching some of this. So until next time when we come back with the letter F, thank you very much and I'll talk to you soon. See ya.
think they come from the planet Karnak for shit. 